Welcome to the Andrew Young School Podcast, where each month we interview a member of the Andrew Young School community who embodies the school's charge to think ahead and innovate in the fields of criminal justice, economics, public policy and management, social work, and urban studies. On this episode, we'll speak to economist Sally Wallace, Dean of the Andrew Young School, about the college's strategy moving forward through the Digital Landscape Initiative. Sally joined Georgia State's economics faculty in 1991 and was one of the first faculty to join the Andrew Young School upon its founding in 1996. Shortly after, she co-led the school's first major fiscal decentralization project in Russia. She has since advised on fiscal policies and programs for emerging countries around the world. At the school, she has led the Fiscal Research Center and helped create the Center for State and Local Finance. She served as Associate Dean for Research and Strategic Initiatives before becoming Dean. Dr. Wallace brought the faculty and staff of the Andrew Young School together in 2018 to introduce the Digital Landscape Initiative, her vision for positioning the Andrew Young School as an innovative institution for the 21st century. She joins us this month to provide an update on the initiative. Good morning, Dean Wallace. It's a pleasure to meet with you this morning. I wanted to talk to you this morning about the Digital Landscape Initiative. Can you give us a brief overview of what's going on with that? The Digital Landscape Initiative for the Andrew Young School is effectively our strategic plan for the next five to plus years. What we're doing is looking out into the future to see what is out there in terms of what's needed for the public and nonprofit sectors, for our students, and for the community leaders that we help to support. Things are changing a lot. So this digital landscape initiative is helping the Andrew Young School determine where it needs to be in the future instead of just being a retrospective and kind of keeping the status quo. We, we, we want to be leaders and forward thinking. So where did the initial concept for this come from? Because it's kind of different from a traditional strategic plan. It is. Um, in, in many ways, we have gone about it quite differently, I think. I want to tell just a little bit of a, of a story with this. About two Two and a half years ago, I was um, thinking about putting my name in the hat to be dean of the Andrew Young School, and Mary Beth announced that she would be stepping down. And in the process of thinking about that, and thinking before that time as well, I kept hitting these articles, news stories, et cetera, about how much was changing out there in the the world in which we work and we live. People are consuming differently. They're they're, um, producing differently. We interact with each other very differently than we did 10, 15, 20 years ago. And the the forecasters just kept saying things are going to continue to change with automation and more and more data. The workforce was going to change and the kind of skills that were needed out there were going to be very different in the future. Um, I'm a mom as well as an academic and my three kids are in their young adult years now. So I was thinking in part because of them. You know, what are they going to be facing in this new world? And so with that kind of background and and that notion running through my head, I said, what does a policy school do in this new landscape? Um, How do we not just remain relevant, but how do we get ahead of the game so that our students have the best possible careers they could, and so that we support our, our public and nonprofit sectors the way that we have done very well in the past, but make them viable and vibrant and effective in the future as well. So we, once I, I, um, was, named the the dean of the Andrew Young School, I jumped right into bringing together a group of people that I knew were forward thinkers in the school to help us as a school think through, what do we do? How do we deal with this new landscape? And we spent a little over a year as a school 
you know, lots of folks will remember the different activities, the matrix exercises, the meetings with different faculty and, and uh, uh, staff groups to develop ultimately what are three strategic initiatives for the school going forward. And so when you were kind of moving this from the conception stage to now you're dean and you need to operationalize this plan, yeah. who did you bring in to help you with this and how did you choose that group? There are, the, the original task force that helped to think about this is made up of, of 12 people. And what I did was I looked around the school, um, faculty and staff, and looked for people who had just shown a spark of interest in different ways. Either they were relatively new faculty like Bill Sable from Criminal justice, who had a forward-thinking mentality with respect to data. Um, they were people that I had built a very good relationship with, and margaret Esnard and Cynthia Searcy from the, the dean's office. Um, Denise Jenkins, who represents, in part, the staff, but also the school at large, in terms of her ability to think forward in the financing. You know, if we're going to do new things, where does the money come from? So looking across the school, I wanted to make sure that we had representation from all of the units. And and that we also had folks that would push each other, me, each other, as well as we got thinking about this. And as part of it, too, I knew that we could not, I couldn't do this by myself. I didn't think the group of 12 of us could do it by ourselves. So we hired um, a consulting firm to help us as well, and that's eMentor Connect. And for the most part, had two consultants working with us through this process. And over the year, we were able to widen that circle of folks who were very directly involved and indirectly involved. So we were able to, to connect with the entire school at different points in time for feedback, for reaction, for rehoning our ideas. Um, and, and I think it proved very fruitful. I think we have three great initiatives. Um, I believe a lot of the schools bought into them and excited about going forward, and we continue to learn and, and move in that direction. So then before we get into kind of the nitty-gritty of what's in this initiative, let's take a step back and talk about what is the digital landscape. So ha having sat in on a few of those task force meetings, I know there was a lot of talk about, well, how do we define this, and what words do we use, and what language is appropriate? Um, where have you landed as far as, like, how we define what's going on out there. Yeah, that's that's a great question, and I actually love that question because, yet again, we're sort of fussing and struggling a little bit with, is that the newest name? Is that the best way to, to capture what's going on? Um, a couple of years ago, I was calling it the changing economic landscape, and, and I saw it initially, I'll have to admit, kind of narrowly from my perspective as an economist. I was concerned about um, the growth of the gig economy. What does this look like over over time, this gig economy in terms of people's ability to save for retirement, for health care, etc. Um, and from my view as a, a tax person, how do, how do we get the revenue that the government needs off of that? That is too narrow, right? Because that was only one aspect of what was changing. And you look more broadly and what we saw or what we do see is that that the use of technology from how we use it at home to, to how it's used on, on uh, production floors has just continued to hone and change and, and increase in intensity. So, you know, what happens to the shift in capital and labor? That's a bigger part of the economy, a bigger part of the equation. Then this huge advent of data, data falling 
from the sky, from all over the place, and excitement, but also a concern for how do we protect privacy. So all of those, you know, the, the big data, the artificial intelligence, the, we started calling it the digital landscape. It was, in my mind, these changes were largely harnessed by the digitization of information and data. There's tons of applications, and one of the, the excitements that I have for the Andrew Young School is that we can help our constituents make make just optimal use of these kinds of technologies that are out there. I am really excited about the possibility of harnessing the, the vast amounts of video surveillance data that, that's been um, called and, and, and developed within the criminal justice system. And we, we'll talk to constituents in different parts of the criminal justice system, and they'll say to us, hey, listen, you know, we have cameras on our cars, we have cameras on our bodies for these interactions that we have with um, different different individuals, but not sure how to use those data. And the ability to potentially use those data to, to train officers that are in tense situations, maybe for us to develop a better understanding of what goes awry in those sorts of interactions between uh, folks in the criminal justice system and, and the the general community, you know, what can we learn from that? We also have um, in the field of, of social work and child protective services, there's lots of one-on-one interactions between families and state workers that we might be able to capture via d- video data also and better understand what those interactions are at a at a different level and, and potentially more accessible um, integration of data sources. You know, we our constituents work across all types of public services, yet we are still in a position where we could have a child who's potentially in foster care. We're not necessarily sure what their previous two or three experiences have been with schools or with the health sector because those data are not fully integrated yet. So working with our our um, public sector leaders to, to understand that better would be terrific. On a in a different aspect, you know, from the finance sector, public finance sector, we we talk to local governments, state governments, national government about good use of, of public funds, you know, efficiency in, in the way that we spend, yet we have only scratched the surface for really understanding through machine learning techniques and other um, more modern tex- techniques of, of data learning and analysis. Maybe there are lessons out there for efficiency in public sector spending that we've only just begun to understand. So there's tons of areas. Um, nonprofits need to harness the activities of technology and data as well. And some of the bigger nonprofits have the, the support or resources to do that. Some of the smaller ones don't. So our students are great ambassadors for starting to make those kinds of connections, particularly, I think, in the nonprofit world. There are a lot of implications of a lot of this. And I'm and in the news these days, we see a lot of the negative implications. We talk a lot about privacy and, you know, the death of privacy and all of these things. But I'm curious, what about this emerging uh, technology landscape concerns you, and what about it is exciting for you as both an economist and just as a consumer of the technologies? Let's do the concerning part first, because I think the the excitement, the positive things are just so many. The concerning things, like you mentioned with with data, that is a concern. How extensive is the knowledge about us as individuals in third-party hands? You know, how, how much do different people know about you, Taylor? And is that a good thing 
a bad thing. Well, there there is a, a concern about your privacy to some to some level. Um, the fact that a lot of our data are in private sector hands, I think, is is a little bit concerning. It means that we've sort of missed a step for having the public sector move along with what the private sector was was doing in, in those sorts of markets. Um, it's they, so th- those those are a concern. One of the other major concerns, and this is something that the Andrew Young School has turned its attention to, is this technology and data divide could be polarizing individuals in different ways. And I'm, I'm not talking about political polarization, but I mean the ability to access technology. And as that gets more and more difficult or more polarized, then we have marginalized populations that are having a harder time getting back into the net. You know, this is where the world's going, so we need to make sure people have access. You know, is, is, it a, is it a right now to have access to the Internet? a computer or a smartphone. Um, it's getting closer and closer to a, a thorny question there. Um, and as, as technology changes and issues with respect to information change, those polarizations could get more and more without us really realizing it until a little bit too late. So how are the marginalized populations being treated? How do we get them back into the net so that everyone can have the most robust futures as possible? That, that's, a, that's a concern, but it's something that I think the Andrew Young School could take a lead in in terms of our research, and we'll probably talk more about that in a few minutes. Um, on the positive side, I mean, man, the, the potential for productivity growth, and when we talk about productivity growth, there's a real potential for the economy to, to, to grow even more robustly than it has over the past decade. And focus or with an intention of let's not leave people out as this growth happens, I think the the you know the sky's the limit on, on where we can go. A, f- a fun challenge, but but certainly a challenge is how do we prepare our students and how do we retool so that we can be productive in that that um, changing landscape as well. And Nobody's got a crystal ball, but there is a lot of discussion that we and our students have to be even more adaptable, that if artificial intelligence is going to continue to grow, possibly robotics grow, et cetera, we have to have the the, the human component of that sitting side by side. People are the ones that are still going to think of other people, and they're going to look for the externalities and the spillovers. Um, so that's a, that's a fun, positive challenge, I think, for higher education and for a place like the Andrew Young School. Absolutely. So let's talk about the initiative itself. Uh-huh. How how are we implementing? Now, we've spent a year kind of planning and designing and figuring out, and you mentioned the three strategic initiatives. Can you give us a brief overview of what those are and yeah. maybe what success in each one is going to look like? Sure. Sure. The three that we have settled on, and this, remember, is from work that the entire school did together over the past year. One is to advance the field of data analytics. And when I say data analytics, I'm talking about it from a policy bent. So call it policy analytics, social science analytics, whatever you'd like to call it. It's it's a field that um, has, has started. It's using data to its full extent. It's being mindful of bias in data. And it's using new techniques for, for analysis. In a policy school, or with a focus on the policy side, that's a little bit different than you might find in the business school. Our colleagues in Robinson College of Business or our colleagues in arts and sciences that have this coming out of computer science. So advancing the field of policy analytics means that we will have a master's 
probably a concentration to start, but eventually a, a master's in policy analytics. And we will infuse our undergraduate programs with this as well. Success in that will look like we'll have robust graduates and undergraduates in terms of numbers. You know, master's program, if we were looking at student bodies of between 20 and 40 in a master's program, that would be a success in in a policy school. At the undergraduate program, I would like to see, you know, half of our majors across all of our five disciplines taking one or two courses in policy analytics or social science analytics. Success, to me, from that perspective, also means that it's not just our students taking those courses. So we have students from other disciplines that are interactive with, with those as well. And then finally, from that perspective, or from that initiative, building a consortium across universities to advance that field, I think, is critical. Nobody's got the resources to do as big a job on this as we really need to do. So Cynthia Searcy is the lead of this particular initiative, and she is already developing this consortium with with colleagues across a number of different universities. Um, We're going to launch our first course next semester in in that, so that's pretty exciting. Um, The second initiative is research and teaching around this concept of marginalized populations in the, the digital or artificial landscape as we go forward. And from that perspective... And Margaret Esnard is leading it. What we're concerned about is, or what we're trying to do and what success will look like, is that we will have increasing numbers of faculty that are interested in performing research in those areas. So looking at you know, how has technology increase this divide? Um, What does it mean to upskill people so that they can participate in the workforce? And and Margaret has put together a a group of faculty across the school, and the first first kind of sub-initiative under that is to look for a grant that's interdisciplinary, multidisciplinary, that deals with this question of marginalized populations in this new world. So they're going to, probably over the next three to six months, be able to submit a grant that um, we'll be looking at, at some very high-quality research in that area. So excited about that. The third initiative is being shepherded or, or guided by Scott Jakes from Criminal Justice, and we call that AYS Open. A little different, and this is one that I did not see coming through the process, but very excited about. AYS Open has kind of two pillars to it. One is to reduce the cost of knowledge dissemination, and then the other pillar is knowledge generation, so to reduce the cost of knowledge generation. The idea is to reduce cost as much as possible for students through free textbooks, free free resources for them to do their, their learning, to really lower the bar on the cost of their education. And then on the, the knowledge dissemination, we are going to encourage open access publishing. So Scott is... is talking to all of the research centers and the departments about what that looks like. We're moving toward open access software wherever we can use it and putting our data and our code out there so other researchers and and students can access that as well. One of the things that really strikes me about this initiative is is that it's not just the Andrew Young School. We're reaching out to other institutions and other departments in GSU and really trying to bring other people to the table. Was that the ambition all along, or is that kind of a natural outgrowth of an initiative of this scale? You know, that's another good question, um, and I didn't think of it. I think it's natural and intentional. Andrew Young School is very interdisciplinary by nature, so that 
puts us in a position to almost anything we do, we immediately look outside. <laughs> we look to different different groups. The Robinson College of Business, Rich Phillips, the dean there, and I, I think, have a um, terrific working relationship. He has been very supportive of me in thinking through this process. So they became natural collaborators. Their Institute for Insight has some novel and exciting ways of teaching, doing research and outreach that we've been able to harness some as well. In the College of Arts and Sciences, Sarah Rosen, dean there, has been working and really pushing us to think about the ethics of data and data science in general and how we might collaborate a- across the university. So I think it's, it's, it's in the water here at GSU. The Andrew Young School is very much in that big lake or, or ocean of it. So it was um, some combination of intentional and, and natural. As we move forward and we start to see real outcomes from this, we're talking, you know, next semester, in the next six to eight months, there's real deliverables coming right around the corner, essentially, some of them probably within the calendar year. Yeah. What what kind of changes can folks expect to see just around the school as this is happening? I hope that one of the changes has already occurred and that it continues to grow is that people's ears and eyes are open and looking for these kinds of technological and artificial intelligence and data changes that are going out there. Um, It's been so much fun for me to have faculty and staff come up and say, hey, did you see this article? You know, I never would have paid attention to that before. I wonder what that means for our students' ability to succeed. More definitively, in the, the data analytics, the policy analytics I mentioned, and you just mentioned also that we will have a course that we're collaborating on next semester. So that's a nice checkoff in in this academic year. On AYS Open, um, Scott is working kind of department by department to encourage this change to open access. And he's well on his way in criminal justice. And I know that he's talking to the department chairs and others. So I think you will see one or two departments really moved over quite a bit in terms of that open access. That will be a big change for our students. It'll be a change for our faculty. It'll be change for our staff because our staff are some of our best counselors of our students. And we'll be seeing students say, hey, you know, what's going on here? You know, even though we hope it's it's moving in the right direction and good for students, change is change. So, so folks need to look at that. We will be able to, I think, launch at least one major grant effort through the marginalized populations. So as we move into the implementation, Uh what's the best way for folks to get involved, whether they're faculty, staff, alumni, uh, current students? How can they engage with this if they feel passionate and excited about the digital landscape? Yeah. Oh, I hope they do. The, the easiest way is to take a look at our digital landscape at, uh, website and just read a little bit or refresh your, your thinking about um, the three initiatives. And if any of them perk your interest or pique your interest, go grab Ann Margaret, grab Cynthia, grab Scott and say, I'd like to, to help with this or I'm not sure. Here's some of my interest. How, how might I be useful? Um, we are also, as a school and the folks that are working on these different initiatives are reaching out to faculty and staff in particular. The students, we have had a, a longer wait on, on really integrating them into this, and that will start being launched 
and more intentionally um, at our November 19th next all-school meeting where we'll be talking about AYS Open and purposefully really trying to, to reinvigorate the students in, in this as well. With respect to our, our Dean's Council and our Young Alumni Council, we have been keeping them updated on these activities and showing them some of the, the potential outputs and, and bringing them through the process. I think Young alumni in particular are going to have a lot to offer us in terms of counseling us as we go forward on, you know, what do they see out in this landscape? And we're touching base with them very often. You know, what are your jobs? What are skills that you didn't get that you need now? How quickly are those things changing? You know, would you come back to your alma mater to take some of those courses? It seems like you're really excited to move forward with this next phase. Like It's been a long year. <laughs> We, we have. We've spent a lot of time in the planning. I, I was just in a few of those planning meetings. I can't imagine having been in all of them. But what do you think, at least in the short term, is the most exciting part of implementing this initiative? What are you most excited to see uh, launch out to the public? The course, because that is a component of our research. You know, it's going to support research as we develop that capacity. It's really critically important to our students. And we're able to offer that kind of course in terms of executive education to our constituents. So it's it's a real home run to be able to put something like that together. It, it hits all of those important aspects for us. Um, I think you know, taking what Scott's doing and figuring out how much money we're able to save the students is is incredibly meaningful to all of us. You know, Georgia State students in general work really hard for everything that they do, and if we can if we can be the place that's that's the champion for saving them another couple hundred dollars a year, that that could be very very better beneficial and meaningful to them. So I'm excited about that. Um, I guess I'm excited about all pieces of it. The work that Ann Margaret's been doing will have a couple of really neat things to be able to advertise soon. We can't say anything yet. Got some information that's embargoed, but about new initiatives with Georgia Tech. You know, we've been talking about it for a long time, but but we're doing things now. We'll be doing some research and and some training with them as well. I'm curious. Do you have any recommendations, things that you're reading, things that have really sparked your interest on this that maybe, just as a final takeaway, if folks want to know more, if there's a book or an article or even a website that you're checking often that you think folks could learn more about what this landscape is like and maybe what our place in it is. I have done a lot of reading over the past couple of years on on these, and the neat thing is that there's information all over the place. So I would recommend to folks within your area of expertise, whether it's a whether it's a business aspect of your job as staff, you know, or, or is there something in finance or accounting or student support or whatever it might be, or a research area that the, the the types of um, institutions that you usually work with are doing stuff in this area. You know, so NASPA for folks in public administration, American Economic Association, National Social Workers entities, they all have information that's coming out all the time. For sort of bigger pictures on higher education, go to the Chronicle of Higher Ed and see what they're writing about. A book that Dave Shokas gave me a couple of years ago, or a year and a half ago, is called Prediction Machine. And it's a very, to me, it's 
a very approachable take on what machine learning is all about and why that could lead us to being able to answer some questions that we previously couldn't answer. I keep open Governing Magazine, which I know we're not going to see for, for too much longer, but they have been very active in this area. And there's, there's, there's private sector also. McKinsey does a lot of work in this area that's really interesting. In the developing world, um, OECD has published a couple of important reports on the future of, of the workforce and what it's going to look like. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning, Dean Wallace. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thanks, Taylor, for doing this. It's really a lot of fun. And thanks to everybody for so much work that's gone into this at this point in time. And I hope that you all are as excited as, as I am. Um, this is our future, and, and we're creating it. For more information about the Digital Landscape Initiative, visit aysps.gsu.edu slash digital landscape. The Andrew Young School podcast is produced and edited by Taylor Olmsted with production assistance from Jennifer Giratano and Victoria Jesse. Our executive producer is Ivani Raval. We are a production of Georgia State University's Andrew Young School of Policy Studies located in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. To learn more about the Andrew Young School, visit us online at aysps.gsu.edu or follow us on social media at aysps.gsu.